0: welcome to Bounce. My name is Christina Foxwell and I am dialing in from
1: Sydney, Australia
0: and I'm joined by my amazing co-host and dear friend
1: Jackie Arnold and I am dialing in from Ontario, Canada and I am delighted to be here again with you, we're my so wonderful fun. friend. <laughs> I
0: know and we're so excited. We always are excited by the way. Um, and. That uh, is true. That is true. And but you know what? I, I do want to say to all our listeners out there, we are not bouncy, bouncy every day. But when we get to come together to share our hearts with you, we feel so inspired by the work.
1: We do. We do. And today, uh, I, wa- I asked you if we could talk about this topic that might be a little hard for you to talk about. Uh, I became aware of the tall poppy syndrome this week um and I'd never I'd never been I've never heard of that term before and a friend of mine that I that I've met recently her name is Deb Crow she introduced me to this concept of the tall poppy which actually has its roots in Australia
0: it does and when you said tall poppy I went (gasps) okay you talk about the tall poppy um (laughs) 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 because I went and found a definition so uh, as you all know, if you've, if you've listened to our podcasts and you can hear, I don't have a traditionally Australian accent, but I'm, in a, I'm in a South African living in Australia, so I migrated here 12 years ago. And I got told about Tall to poppy, and I went, ah, that's rubbish. Um, and my first four years here, three to four years, were the toughest career um, building years I have ever faced. Um, And I have got a little bit of a definition of tall poppy that I thought maybe we could just give to everybody out there because it's not just – I want us to consider it's not just an Australian term and Jackie and I are going to unpack it today. I think it's something that happens everywhere, but I thought I'd read the explanation. Is that all right, Jackie? Please do. Okay, so tall poppy is an Australian cultural term that refers to people who stand out for their positive ideals dreams, achievements or success. But standing out in this case isn't viewed positively. Rising above the pack is considered antisocial and countercultural. Tall poppies generate... uh, Tall poppies generate hostility and elicit a host of undermining behaviours um, that, from others that bring them down a peg. This compelling desire to cut high achievers down is, to size is called the tall poppy syndrome. While Australia may have put a label on this phenomenon um, it exists everywhere in the world.
1: It does and this is what I've become aware of. There was a study done in Canada in, I think it was 2017 by Dr. Ramit Billins Right. and she's saying that 87% of people that responded to her report in Canada um, felt that their achievements were undermined by others in the workplace. And so it's interesting and it's not just it's not just women that suffer from tall poppy syndrome, it's men as well. So anyone that sort of rises above uh, uh, is is subject to the the cutting down it's, it's it's really interesting, and, and it's I wanted to talk to you about it because uh, I want to explore this with you. Okay, I think so. Yeah, go for it. Chase. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so, what was that like? So, you said that when you the, the hardest years of your life Everywhere. when you when you mm-hmm. immigrated to to Australia, what was that like? What were you experiencing?
0: I think it was the. Uh, so tall poppy here I'm going to go back to that definition where it's a cultural piece right our culture in Australia is mateship and it is standing together and if you think about collaborative cultures that's really what we want people to do I think what I experienced when I came out here I was one of those people that worked incredibly hard learned how to use my voice learned how to try new things, be different, stand out um and I got here my first three days. Uh, one of the owners of the franchise business I was working at um, called me over. And he said to me, he sat me down. He was a South African. He said, I just need you to pull your head in. Which means get your head under the, with all the, <laughs> I was like, what do you mean pull my head in? And he said to me, here, you need to learn how to be one of us. Not stand out from us, and you need to behave yourself, and don't be brash, and don't make big statements, and just don't do that. And I and I was like, oh God, um, okay. Um, and because I am outspoken, I struggled. I remember, I want I want to say this, I remember pulling out my wardrobe when it arrived from the container. And in South Africa, I used to wear like crazy colors. I had a pumpkin orange suit. <laughs> it's a black silk blouse with black heels. And my then boyfriend, now husband, looked at this as I pulled it out. And he said, you're not going to wear that, are you? And I went, what do you mean? He went, honey, that is like, everyone's going to see you in that. I was like, uh, yes. <laughs> 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 and? <laughs> um, so it was quite a quite a shock. And I think that's just from a settling in perspective. And when I took on senior leadership roles here, it was incredibly challenging to navigate my way in executive teams as well because of that specific. It felt like I, I, you and I were
1: talking, I suffered PTSD. Mm. Well, and that's what, yeah, that's what the research says that happens is that, you know, there are people experience a loss of confidence, insomnia, illness, self-doubt, rejection, feeling unsafe and threatened, PTSD, hopelessness and mental breakdowns. Yeah, all of that. I didn't realize how bad it
0: was. I developed adrenal fatigue, Mm. which was where your adrenal glands no longer work properly. And um, it was
1: part of that experience of holding yourself in. Yeah, well, what's coming up for me is belonging. The the no ability to feel like you can be you. Do I belong here? I have to be somebody other than who I am. Exactly right. And that in itself is hard
0: because you know you've got these gifts and talents you want to use and you know how to use them but you're worried if you use them here you're going to be rejected ostracized and actually cut down and the cutting down part happens very sub it's not an, an in your face cut down the cut down happens subtle but painful I mean, I, over
1: time, it's over, it's, time. like, sort of like death by a thousand cuts, death by a thousand
0: cuts. I, you know, death by I'll bring you down. I mean, our whole culture here around even our politics is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many prime minister turnovers can we have? We don't even talk about that. It's ridiculous, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I came from a culture where your president, when they were You know, it's a republic, so that's different. But when when your president was sworn in, they were in. You're not going to get them out because they've now deemed to be doing something stupid. And I remember when Julia Gillard was our prime minister, she was treated terribly. 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 Um, Be it man or woman, she was I mean, a lot of them are treated terribly. And I just think, how do we get past the place where we stop pleasing and this is an interesting thing because can I just use an example I spoke at a conference last year and I was ready for this conference it was a healthcare conference and I was going to speak on some of the research we did in our practice around inclusion and some of the people we researched were from the healthcare industry so it was opportune and how do we create inclusion which links to this tall poppy piece right yes and of course I speak about love
1: Yes, we speak about love all the time. We, you and I, we are love because this is love. Let's
0: be real, bounce.love. so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I speak about love and in the audience is a medical practitioner who has an absolute fit when we do an activity to look at each other and look at each other from a place of love. And that confrontational piece she hated so much that afterwards she went to my sponsor and said, that was terrible, blah, blah, blah. Gave really scolding feedback because of her discomfort.
1: Well, in that, you know, it's interesting when you've been saying this, because what we have to be aware of in these moments uh, when this is happening all over the world it, it's, is that it's not about us. No, it's not. Right? It's about other people's stuff that they're, they're, throw, they're hurling at us. Right? It's their own not-enoughness that wants to bring us down. It's their own fear that wants to pull us down.
0: And it's the discomfort that we create by the rising. Hmm. So if you think about that, if I rise for something I truly believe in, I'm creating discomfort in, I'm a change agent. So I'm, I'm creating friction where there isn't to call out the new direction.
1: Yes, and I would say what I relate to and what you just said is especially as a female leader, um, starting your own business, you're going to be stepping out and it's uncomfortable, but it's what helps you grow. And not everyone is going to be happy with, you know, your your success and who you're becoming. They
0: are not going to be happy because what does that mean for them? That's such a funny thing. What does that mean for them? And it isn't about that. I like that Brene Brown talks about um, true vulnerability is not competing.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It's being able to stand next to each other, knowing we're enough. And I think that is the greatest lesson in EQ we can have. Because I love this. Am I right or you're wrong? Or do we each have our perspective? And if we can bring them together will grow so Mm -hmm. as I'm rising sharing my thinking it's been curious about my thinking as I'm sharing it
1: Mm -hmm. that's what it is isn't it because it's our you know we're gonna have thoughts and we're gonna have feelings uh, and I know with our clients we we always and with ourselves we challenge ourselves to step outside of that thinking to say this is really interesting this is how I'm thinking and feeling what is this about where is this coming from
0: absolutely and I think even if we go back into tall poppy and we have a look at that I would like your lens Jackie you okay. worked as a human resources partner and leader in a really large organization and you would have seen many forms of tall poppy cutting I don't know if there's any other way to call it but the harvesting of a tall poppy and the impact it had on people do you want to just walk through a few things Mm. for us because I think what we're trying to do is just create
1: understanding and context for everyone out there yeah yeah, well, I think what it does is it it creates that those toxic work environments for people where there's you know gossip, there's talking behind each other's backs, there's you know the story about why the person got the job, and and there's always the backstory, right? It's that kind of politics that can can happen, and it brings it brings people down it can make people feel bullied right and so I, in my role in different hr capacities i've certainly been on the end of one of these things you know landing in my desk around um you know accusations around things that happened um that create a lot of hurt feelings and Quite, quite frankly create a lot of uh, drama in organizations and take you away from what you what you want in an organization mm.
0: um
1: takes us away from love and it takes us to that competitive place
0: yeah and into fear, right into inter- fear. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. it's it's it's, a, it's just a, it's disappointing for everybody because it's um creates it creates things uh situations environments that are really hard to bounce back from organizationally a
0: hundred percent um i had an experience when i was on an executive team in australia i came in and i came in at partner level but was called a director because i was looking after small to medium business it was so funny we were the We were supposed to be the bread and butter team of the organization while the other people worked with enterprise teams. And I'll share two things with you, if that's all right, how I, Mm -hmm. when I arrived. So I'd come from a learning and development space, years of experience leading teams, arrived there. My peers and partners were not necessarily from that space. They were from IBM, direct sales director at IBM, a lawyer, you know, all sorts of very prominent kind of business people. And I felt, I felt, so I'm going to share, I felt a bit like the runt of the litter, you know, just having had this experience. I haven't been running a big IBM team in Australia, you know, and and there's no right or wrong to it. But I jumped in and I thought, all right, I'm just going to do what I know. And isn't that what we need to do? And as I started doing that, I started unpacking the strategy, building the numbers, doing all the graft work that's required. And one of my peers sat me down and said to me, The CEO has said, I can cherry pick the top accounts out of your portfolio before you and your team work on them. And I looked at him and I thought, are you saying to me that you are going to, and I'm sorry, I'm going to use this word, rape and pillage my area of business so that your team are successful and we work super hard to, try and build some success and it just didn't make any business sense to me and mm-hmm. I said no so that was a boundary I said look I, I appreciate that he might have said that to you he hasn't said that to me and until you can help me understand what your numbers look like and what you're work, working on and I figured out what we're working on the answer is unfortunately no
1: so you you set a boundary and you used your voice
0: I used my voice he went purple
1: um
0: and then (laughs) I know I felt so awful but I had to hold that boundary because this wasn't for me this was for my team and he started rocking in his chair and I I made him very uncomfortable I think maybe Ninja Barbie came out just a little bit which is naughty (laughs) um I would probably do it with even more grace and curiosity now, but I would still hold my ground because the ground needed to be held. Um, But then on the executive team, I was one of two female executives and my counterpart made my life hell. She was heading up finance and it was tough, Jackie. Mm. I suffered tremendous anxiety and stress um, because... I was being set up to fail without being able to do something about it.
1: And I I'm just really grateful that you're sharing this story with our listeners because I think I don't think I know by the data that this happens everywhere across the across the whole world. And people don't have to feel alone in it and there's something that people can do about it. Right? We Absolutely. don't just have to sort of In these situations, you've already demonstrated a few things, boundaries and using your voice. And I think it might be helpful because, as as coaches, you know, we kind of of look at these things and we assess what happened, but then we figure out, you know, how do we move forward?
0: How do we move forward?
1: And and I will
0: tell you the consequence of not moving forward: adrenal Mm. failure, anxiety, um, impact on the family no sleeping bad at it bad health um, and been booked off for work for months Mm. and so that's the consequence of not actually
1: managing it better yeah because we're afraid and our confidence is down and we're not sure what to do and it's confusing and so when we know when we know better we do better we can we, we know that we can step into choice and to our own power. And just on that, I
0: think if we can give anybody out there a bit of a practice, if this is going on for you, why don't you draw a circle? And inside that circle, right, what can I control? And Jackie and I are going to give you five steps that you can, and we really would love mm-hmm. you to flesh it out. And then we want to put on the outside of your control circle, what are the things that are creating this um, environment for you? And... Acknowledging that. And
1: I think that's our first step, isn't it, Jackie? Mm-hmm. Just recognizing it, taking a step outside of you and doing that environment check. What's happening for me and what's going on around me? No. That's the first step.
0: And here's a quote from Sean Acor and his research in from the Happiness Institute. My happiness, 90% is based on my lens of how I see my world. And only 10% is
1: actually based on my environment there's how we think about things is always the has the has the biggest impact on our experience
0: it absolutely is so I think if you can use that as your first piece of tool Mm -hmm. today and say you know what recognizing that what's in or outside of your control I want to go back to my story just to use as an example Mm -hmm. I try to control what was outside of my control and my worthiness I measured on acceptance, on partnership, on um, all sorts of things. Because in my previous executive team, I was in a cohesive executive team. We worked exceptionally well together. It was amazing. And then I stepped into this team and it was incredibly dysfunctional and incredibly combative and competitive. And I struggled to make the the leap of the control piece and then my natural instinct went and I controlled what was outside. But that's that whole recognizing piece. I needed to get peaceful to see where mm-hmm. what I was trying to control.
1: And another thing that I say in those moments is um, if, if control doesn't land, what am I responsible for? Beautiful, in this. Beautiful wording. Mm-hmm.
0: Because mm-hmm. there is there is an accountability. If you want to google Brene Brown blame and there is a short cartoon on blame and that takes us to our next point doesn't it Jackie it does
1: which is um, to assess your response how you are, are responding to what is happening to you in this moment and so we kind of dig down and say am I stepping into choice in that adult sort of realm or am I becoming a victim Right. Am I seeing myself as a victim and allowing you know, to not use my voice, to stay small, to, to you know, not recognize uh, how this is helping me and how this is hurting me in the moment? And
0: I think, so I want to use two thoughts there. If you are a victim, it's good to explore exactly what Jackie said, what is helping me and what's not helping me. But also, what am I telling myself? that's making me this victim Mm. um what's the story what is the story I'm telling myself and if the story is about people doing things to you remember I'm just going to take you back to something I said that the executive was making my life hell actually I want to replay that that's the story I've told myself can Mm. I replay that story for our listeners at all please yeah she yeah. was role model, what you would totally. say. I need to recognize that I was in a state of complete discomfort and settling in to find my way. I need to recognize that she was trying to prove her worthiness and her ability to deliver her best, which might not have been the way I work. And I've got to take that into account. And I've got to take into account that. I was suffering from stress and I was probably judging and I'm sure she was doing exactly the same
1: thing. So two wrongs never make a right. And I I just want to acknowledge you there for that. That is so powerful when we can say, isn't it interesting that she was behaving in a way that was working for her, Mm. you know, without judgment, Mm. without saying she was a jerk and she's this and isn't it interesting? She has some things going on for her. This is, you know, but here's how I'm choosing, you know, and you stay out of judgment. It's 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 a reframing and it takes practice, but it's it's freedom when you can say that and, and be that way to just sort of let that go.
0: And my, our natural instinct when we are uncomfortable because it's our trigger going off is to shame and blame that person. I could sit here today yes. and I could say the most awful things. And you know what? Why would I do that? Because those awful things come from my heart. They are not truth. Truth. They are my truth. This last week, I was working with a client and with one of my colleagues. And it didn't go that well uh, for this client because we triggered some vulnerability challenges and they felt incredibly overwhelmed. And the we got the message back. Are quite shameful and blameful and um, I sat and we had to do a debrief because he's a supervisor we supervise each other so we were debriefing what happened what can we be accountable for how do we work through this piece which I think coaches need mm-hmm. and we recognised what this was that it is what it is,
1: it is what and it is. as much
0: as we'd like to justify our right to their wrong it's never it's never okay it just
1: is it just is it's so important um oh gosh that's all right the kids are the kids are yelling at the dog in the background <laughs> guys we are moms and i was just saying to jackie before we started the was
0: howling outside my door
1: wanting me so you know what? this is live oh, this is live this is real real life um so so so, thank you for bearing with me on that. Uh, the third thing, just kind of getting back to the, we had we have a list here of five yes. things that we, because we really wanted to provide our listeners with some strategies here. The third thing, and we kind of covered it already, but it's around really establishing those boundaries. Yes. Right. And do you want to read Do I you want to sort of boundaries. talk about?
0: Okay. I have a list.
1: I love a good list. Of course you of do. Of course I do. I love-
0: <laughs> list out it's by uh, Sharon Martin it says say no to the things you don't want to do or don't have the resources to do and I think we've used examples of that today haven't we Mm -hmm. leaving situations that are harmful to you man this is so important Um, because sometimes we just are not ready and sometimes we just can't do it Mm -hmm. and you know what for me to say you just need to suck it up and learn how to do it that's not okay because I might just not no.
1: be able to be there yeah what do you think about that one? Oh, I love it I think it's it, it comes back to the theme we talk about it's okay to not be okay it's okay things. it's okay it's
0: okay and you know what
1: you have to honor it
0: absolutely and in reflection if I think back to that situation I was holding on for dear life because of my relevance um reflecting back now Sometimes, and I've coached some of the executives I've worked with before where it's just got unbearable, is leave when you are in a good space. When I hold on too too tightly because I want to prove I can do this, the thorns hurt and I start hurting and I take my hurt with me because healing has time to take, you know. Here's one. Tell others how you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. I've got a I've got a phrase can I share it please okay so hold the hand that hits you okay, <laughs> and, okay say more about that uh, so
1: this is how we do it
0: because I've got, I've, I've got okay. executive teams and they need to give each other feedback and at it mm. as an executive we're we're so used to um shitting on someone sorry sorry for everybody out there who's going oh my god did she say that yes she did we shit on people to get our way or to manipulate or to push things through and i'm not i'm not saying but that on an executive level the political play is tremendous so how do we hold the hand that hits us we say hey how you've just spoken to me isn't okay i recognize you're overwhelmed and i recognize i might not be bringing my best but how you've just spoken to me and how i feel i want to respond
1: is not okay that's beautiful thank you for role modeling that for us i love that hold the hand that hits you because you want to you want to lash back when somebody comes at you in a hurtful way that triggers you but that doesn't help
0: it doesn't help
1: and it doesn't teach them how you want to be treated and it doesn't allow you to you know just lashing back doesn't allow you to express
0: Absolutely. And And if I had the tools I had now reflecting back to that executive team, I might have gone, hey, how we are working together is
1: not okay. And and may I just add that this is not just for executive level people to learn these tools. Everybody. Because what happened when you said that is it brought me back to being that HR leader, you know, I would have people come to me and say, this is happening and this, and you, you need to go talk mm-hmm. to this person. And, and, you know, what I was always trying to do is get people to talk to each other. Exactly. And people are afraid to do that. But that is the way forward. You have to set your boundary. You have to. And you just showed us a beautiful way to do that is to hold the hand That's and it. to say... Totally.
0: And you know what? Sometimes mm-hmm. when I'm sitting with a, a leader and they're so overwhelmed, I might gently lean across and just tap them lightly on the shoulder or on the elbow on the arm i know i know my leaders that i work with so i know where it's okay to touch um, and that's when i go hey it's okay can we talk about it um or hey that wasn't intended can we work through it and the peaceful space we can create by that, both for yourself and for that person. Because remember, peace is both ways, it's not just one way. You're not just trying to say, mm. shut up now, so I can tell you what I want to. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, God bless him, that's how I feel with my son, because he's quite forceful. But it's not, it's about just creating peaceful moments of curiosity.
1: Okay. Very beautiful. That was so beautiful. Okay. Watch you do that
0: well uh, so i've got one or two more number four okay let's go number four all right find your
1: village (laughs) yes what does that mean to you well you know we're not everyone's cup of tea not everybody is going to be your friend not everybody is going to be that person you can connect with but you've got to find the people that do and so looking for those people um you know, sometimes it's looking in different places than maybe you've been looking. You know, it's uh, it can be quite magical. Like across, across the globe, sometimes you can find your tribe. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> uh, so Jackie and I found
0: each other on LinkedIn because we both put ourselves out there. Mm-hmm. And it's been
1: amazing. And let's say this. It wasn't easy. Oh, it wasn't easy there. I mean, it's it's not easy there on LinkedIn. Lots of days. Um, and I don't say that because the people aren't lovely. I think it's because you're trying to find your tribe. Yes. You know, you're trying to connect. And so the stuff we talk about is the stuff that most people don't want to talk about. <laughs>
0: Hell yeah! <laughs> no one wants to talk about it. I mean, even if...
1: At- yeah. yeah, they don't. So we're out there talking about our inner critic and you know, sharing all of the you know, we talked about opening our drawers of shame and you know, the average person's not up for that. And so it took a lot of courage for us to keep putting ourselves out there showing up. and showing up. It does take when up. we when we can't control the outcome, as Brene Brown says, yeah. <laughs> being vulnerable.
0: You know, I like the example you used earlier when you and I started talking about me running and then you running with me and,
1: and some days that uh, we talked about this and we did, we talked about this before yeah. we started. So people might, might not know what we're talking about. So
0: You can just share. When I, when I came across Jackie, I interviewed her for purpose, Ignite Purpose with Christina Foxwell, which is my other podcast show. I have many, I come up with them all the time. Um, part of my inventor <laughs> style. Uh, I'm apparently a flying dog, but that's another discussion. Um, and. <laughs> And so I said to Jackie, "This was amazing. We've got something special here. Let's do our own podcast." And you decided, and I said yes. yes.
1: And then I was shaking. And just thinking, "Oh Lord, I'm gonna have to do this regularly. What have I got myself into?" I don't have a beautiful accent like you.
0: Oh, <laughs> you have a lovely accent. I was saying to Jackie this morning because I put videos online and we wanna I wanna put some words to them, for it to translate my accent sometimes, oh sweet Lord. What what it comes out mm. with is ridiculous. But but to your point, I said, let's do it, right? And mm-hmm. we had to put ourselves out there. And then we want to talk about topics that are important for women and actually for men our age in the workplace. You know, and we would love to inspire younger people too, but we kind of know our demographic. Um you know and we want you to be able
1: to make a difference in your world and when you find your tribe you lift each other up. yes you, you start you next rise. to each
0: other mm-hmm. and you care for each other and you and you you give a crap you know um, you give a crap, you, give a crap. Uh-huh. you really do and you know what I've found is that I said to my therapist, I have a therapist, um, last year, I said, I don't have any friends. And he went, you are ridiculous. Of course you have friends, (laughs) crazy woman. Um, And he was talking, I was experiencing, and the reason I'm talking about this now is because we spoke about loneliness on our last podcast. Mm -hmm. And I had isolated myself from others, so I felt lonely in relationships. And since Jackie and I have been doing this work and since I have stepped into deciding to be in the arena and to be seen, heard and valued and to see, hear and value others, which is what Deep Connection is about, that has changed for me Mm. because I have
1: allowed the village to be around me. Mm. And you've been courageous to open yourself up to a friendship when you don't know what the outcome will be either.
0: Absolutely. And you know how my heart is beating right now? I can hear it in my ears. Um, (laughs) Because you've got to find your village. Or maybe I've got to say this, you've got to rise and be who you are and be open for the village. Because sometimes the village is there, but I'm so worried about what I'm hearing and the fear I have, I can't see the village.
1: That is so true sometimes we can't see the village because we're in our own heads and we're in our own not enoughness mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. now you know i'm writing a second human book jackie astra yes that is all yes. about the village mm. so i'm
1: sure that... can i can i be in the book yes. Well, <laughs> can absolutely. i be a character <laughs> there,
0: there are four characters part of the village there's astra the unicorn and she's friends with uh-huh. jeff giraffe Hannah Hedgehog, Molly Mouse and Frankie Cat. Oh, I
1: love it. That, maybe love you could be
0: Hannah Hedgehog because Hannah Hedgehog encourages Astra that it's okay to oh. be in the village. I know. I know. I love it. I know. What's love our it. last point? Oh, Jackie? I can't wait. Let's go to our last point.
1: Oh, well, it's interesting that we're talking about um, Astra because our last point is to remind yourself of your worthiness you belong just as you are perfectly imperfect oh, no. that's a hard one isn't it
0: I want to cry um, because if you think of um, this tall puppy thing um the reason tall poppies get cut down is because sometimes we see ourselves as imperfect. Um, I want to read the Gifts of Imperfections list. Yeah, I so thought a beautiful way for us to end. I think so. You know, Jackie and I can keep going forever. So uh, <laughs> uh, I just want to read this to you because uh, I think it's important to know that it's okay. Um, so finding our worthiness means we're okay to be who we are right okay so it means we've got to let go of what people think it means we've got to let go of trying to be perfect every day my son accidentally shaved off half his eyebrow I'm not sure what he was doing there with a razor in the first place but he said to me I look funny I said honey you look
1: perfect eyebrow or no eyebrow you're perfect to me um we've got to change we've got to change our version of what perfect is
0: absolutely change that definition absolutely Mm -hmm. i said to my husband he said they got an email back to come back to work in suits that because he's a he's an executive in finance and they were told they needed to wear their suits to the office and he looked at me and he said you know i'm just as productive in the clothes i have on today which is my chinos, my T-shirt, and a, and a nice jersey. Um, but I think, you know, we can talk about that another day. That's armoring up. Letting go of numbing and powerlessness. Mm. And we've been talking a lot about feeling, haven't we, Jackie? We have. And the more we've spoken yeah. about it, how close have we become?
1: Oh, like we've known each
0: other for years. Absolutely, and we're thinking of doing all sorts of fun things shortly, which I won't. I won't. Okay. That's the next one. Letting, <laughs> letting go of scarcity and fear of the dark, and that's that control circle we asked you to 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 draw. You know, and
1: and step into the abundance mindset.
0: Absolutely, and the abundance mindset is faith driven with a belief mm-hmm. um letting go of need for certainty mm-hmm. oh let hard to hard do. To, how about this one tall poppy here we come letting go of comparison
1: yes <laughs> boop, boop. oh
0: that, like that is yeah yeah you know I mean when I started this practice people said to me oh you're building a kingdom I was like oh sweet god um I forget half. There you go. Cut, cut, cut. cut, 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 cut. <laughs> and and I forget, I forget half the time that I'm I'm the leader, because we're a group of people doing things together. Mm. You know, Akia okay, has the next one. This is for you and me. Letting go of exhaustion as a status symbol and productivity as self worth.
1: Yeah. That took me a long time in my life to do that. Mm-hmm. If I'm being completely honest, that is. I think that drove me for the first half of my life. <laughs> it's not more.
0: <laughs> and every now and again, the little f- shit, as I call it, I was going to call it something else, but you're all, your ears are doing too badly. <laughs> Jackie knows what I call it. Um, pops up and it's like a hairy gremlin. How to have this? Yep. Letting go of anxiety as a lifestyle. Hmm. Letting go of self-doubt and supposed to, which feeds the incredible
1: victim state. Oh, yeah. Should? (laughs) I I don't even let myself say that word anymore. (laughs) And if our listeners say it, we're going to have to help you with it, too.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Because you know what? Let's be free. Last one. Let's be free. Letting go of being cool and always in control. (laughs) (laughs) Calm, cool, collected. Yeah, let go of that. Be a little bit crazy. You know? Why don't we just say not cry yourself you be mm-hmm. you and be a proud version of you that stands in the world to make a difference while you while you listen and connect deeply with others
1: you know so beautiful isn't that isn't so that the beautiful. way It is, and I think anybody can do this, you know if our listeners are saying, yeah that's great, but mm, you don't know me. You can do it. You can do it. It's a choice. It's it's a journey. It is. It's a part of becoming who you were meant to be.
0: And I want to encourage you today. Don't be the statistic of PTSD, of workplace stress, mm. of feeling the slice of the tall poppy. Just remember, we rise and fall. We try things we'll fail. It's the village that allows us to get up. It's the people that matter, that really, really matter, that tell you they love you and remind you you're okay. They matter. Listen to them. Um, Jackie, why don't you give us those five things one more time for our listeners so that they mm. can write them down. Get your yes. pens out, ladies and gents. You know, <laughs>
1: Number one, recognize it. Uh, so recognize what's going on. Number two, assess your response. How am I thinking and feeling about what's going on in this moment? Um, number three, set some boundaries. What's okay and what's not okay with you and use your voice. Use your voice if you need to. It can be, it can be uh, a bold voice because your boundaries are important to you. Um, number four, find your village. Find I'm your village. village. <laughs> Reach out. <laughs> They're there. Message us. Do that. <laughs> we'll be your village with you. Be in your village. <laughs> Woo. And number five. You are worthy. Remember that. You are enough. You are enough. Just as you are. And you know what? If you want to
0: find your journey of worthiness, there's many of us on the quest. Um it's part of being in the village. So Please join us to be in our Bounce Village. We would love to have you with us. We want to just stand next to you. Um, and we'll never say your perspective is wrong. We'll just hear you out
1: and be curious together. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening, tuning in today. Thank you for listening. So good.
0: It's been fun, hasn't it?
1: It's been, it's been fun. So fun,
0: and we will um, obviously be back in a week's time um, and we want to thank you for tuning in spending some time with us and bouncing, bouncing. you have a choice <laughs> this is Christina signing off
1: from Sydney,
0: Australia and this
1: is Jackie Arnold signing off from Ontario, Canada alright, we'll see you soon bye